Yeah, but then I don't have to worry about any stupid shit being downloaded on my computer because I forgot to turn on Adblock. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So anyway, we all pay for these movies on iTunes. Yep, we full, did. Full price. I bought the DVD. Okay. I went to Vimeo or Vivo. What is that site? No, I got it off iTunes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course you did. And of course, we're talking about Transformers Two, maybe Revenge of the Fallen. Fallen. Oh, Revenge of the Fallen. Okay. Yeah, but I, th- I think isn't it titled like Transformers Two subtitle Revenge of the Fallen? No, Either it's way, Transformers it matter. Revenge of the Fallen doesn't matter. Oh, that's why that one robot said, "I'll have my revenge." Yes. Ha uh, ha! I get it. And that's why the other robot said, "We call him to Fallen." Oh, yeah. He got his revenge. Did he, though? No, he didn't. That's a key plot point. Oh, before we start, though, I wanted to mention something I forgot to say last week, that the first movie literally ends with the Linkin Park song, What What I've Done. Yes. Yeah. I think this one did, too, maybe, or a similar sounding song. Some similar try-hard emo song, but... But, I mean, it ended the same way. Optimus being like, Yeah. Yes. Okay, so we should probably go in order. I wrote down a list of questions. So you actually prepared for this, despite the past... Whoa, wait, hold on. I am segueing here. The past 45 episodes? 46. 46 episodes we've never prepared. I have not prepared... Because most of these other movies, I was able to digest them. Okay. And figure out what was happening. But there are just so many questions that were raised as we went along. And maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention and you can enlighten me, but... No, I mean, I don't remember all the questions I had, but looking at your, your notepad there, I going through the process, the movie, I remember very many questions happening. I'm just like, oh, whatever. I'm just going to start ignoring it and eat my popcorn and shut up. It's the, did you mix it with the butter and make like a slurry and eat it like pig slop? Yes. Okay. That's the important thing. Mm-hmm. It's good. Uh, okay. So before we get to the questions, I guess a little bit of um, how does this movie start? This movie starts <laughs> with uh, a kid going off to school, but there's like a lot of like weird. Is that the beginning though, or is that the second part? Because isn't the beginning their giant battle at the the shipping yard? Yeah, they're looking oh, for the Decepticons. They're, they're, yeah, yeah, with, with the unicycle robot that's like the giant crane. Right. No, it's, it has two wheels, but it doesn't use one of them. It just, like, puts it on its head. Oh, okay. So let me scratch off my list of questions. I, I, what was that question? Why does the robot have a unicycle? Oh, it does. it's not. It's a bicycle. It just doesn't know how okay. to use so a bike. Scratch that off. Okay, then. It's gone. Uh, question answered. Thank you. <laughs> now I, I am more I, I don't think that answered the question. Honestly, it would just raise more in my mind. So, okay, that leads me to one of my questions. If they're having the big battle there and they've obviously narrowed down the Decepticon location to the shipyard, why is it necessary to have Optimus Prime flying around in the C-130 so they can drive a semi-truck out of a C-130 and have it careen down to the battle when he could have just gotten there like normal by smashing through buildings? Um, I can answer that. Okay. With a Deadpool quote. <laughs> okay. Hey guys, hey guys, watch out! Superhero landing! <laughs> okay, alright. So yeah, there you go. I'll scratch that off the list. 
This is good, Justin. You're two for two. Awesome. All right. Now, um, so they have the big battle. They find the Decepticons, who are all foreign cars, by the way. So I guess we can give like an invisible tip of the hat to Michael Bay's continuing Mark patriotism. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Um, Wait, weren't some of the, the Autobots foreign cars? In the first movie, I believe. Wait, in this movie, wasn't uh, Ironside, was he an Audi? I thought the Audi was one of the Decepticons. Then what the fuck was Iron? Ironside was a GMC truck then or something? Yeah. Oh, okay. An American vehicle. Then what about those two retard twins? The vaguely black stereotyped ones? Vaguely black? <laughs> Speaking, they're on my list. Obviously black okay. stereotypes. Yeah. How to explain the uh, minstrel bots. Minstrel bots? Yeah. <laughs> Like a minstrel show. What? Minstrel show? Minstrel? I'm not familiar like with that. Blackface. Oh, get okay. Up. Yeah, it used to be really popular in the 19th century. Get up on stage in blackface and say, Lodi, Lodi, cornbread. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. Those were, that would actually describe this very well. Right, the minstrel bots. Okay. So, what the fuck? They got gold teeth? Yeah, no, they yeah. have <laughs> one gold tooth. Like, the other yeah. one's like, you know... On, you know, payment programs, and it's like he's going to get it in, you know, 18 months or something like that. Like, I don't know what the fuck was up with that. Okay, I don't know what was up with that either. That's why I wrote it down. It's, it's just a weird choice for a movie that's supposed to appeal to, like, a general audience. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know. It's not like you really go into that movie thinking, like, that character is, like, a badass and, like, oh, I can associate with them. It's like, wow, this is, like... A very racist stereotype. Five minutes into the movie, I think, since they were yeah fumbling around. Well, yeah. the, the very beginning, because they have those fucking dirt bikes that, like, you know, find their way there, and it's like, hey, retard twins, watch out! And like the car they're together as breaks up, and they're like, oh shit, I didn't turn right. Damn son. Yeah. And you can just hear Michael Bay like piling up the money, and it's like, damn. Again, the question I asked about his black characters last time, do you want to give him some grape drink and cornbread, just finish her off? Okay, but stepping back a second, I think those guys were, like, weren't they Ikea or something like that? Were they? Because, I don't know, the first car they wore was a rusty piece of shit. Yeah, an ice cream truck or something. Yeah, and then they turned into other cars for some reason. I don't know. Like, I don't know why the military has to bring in, like, these brand new cars just for them to transform. Can't they just, like, go down the street and be like, oh, yeah, I want to, you know, transform into that car and just, like... Like Bumblebee did in the first movie. Exactly. Like, how all the Autobots did in the first movie. Yeah, but, I mean, they were robots who turned into cars, like, oh, I'm going to disguise myself as that. Bumblebee was like, I'm an old Camaro. Oh, hey, a new one. Yeah. Hey, I'm a new Camaro. I don't know. I, I, that's why I wrote it down. I don't know either. <laughs> okay, so we explained the minstrel bots. We really, really didn't just, but let's just move on from those guys. I'm going to scratch it out more now because we did such a good job explaining that. I think it's, the explanation is just like very cheap humor, no thought whatsoever, just the most lowbrow red meat thing you can give to the audience. Racism, always funny, right? Yeah, it seems to be one of Michael Bay's big things, but he 
he can't keep getting away with it, you know? Like No, he does. He, he does, he, though. He, he, you can say, he can't keep getting away with it, but he, he does. does. He, he does. does. <laughs> like, and he's, like, just lying in bed at night with $100 bills, just pushing the tears away. I think if your movies gross, like, hundreds of millions of dollars in profit, you can get away with anything. I mean, look at Mel Gibson, all the shit he's done and said. It's like, he still gets work. People still want to work with him. He's doing okay. It's true. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Just, I, they were very out of step with the rest of the Transformers, who are all kind of stereotypes of their own, but not the insulting kind. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's, that's um, fine. Are the three bikes on your list for some reason? I, no. I, I don't know what was up with them. Oh, they I didn't really do anything, I guess. They were just dirt bikes. I, I, I guess, I just don't get how, like, so presumably all these Autobots are on, like, other planets, right? I guess, or floating out in space. Floating out in space makes sense for the next thing I'm about to go to, but, like, how do they, like, a dirt bike, say, on a planet in another star system goes from the planet to space to earth i don't think they were dirt bikes i think they were robots they're but it doesn't appear that they have like any sort of like way to propel themselves up and in robot form what do you mean in robot form they don't have because they all arrive as robots and then they scan like cars and we're like oh i'm gonna transform to that yeah, but, I mean, Optimus looks a certain way, and yeah. he can't fly. And right. not until later in the movie, but we'll get to that. No, I get what you're saying. How do they, like, jump off of Mars or something? Yeah. Yeah, I understand. I I mean, unless they literally do jump off of Mars and achieve escape velocity that way. They could. Okay. Hey, maybe the Ares 7 will lift them up high enough for the other ship to catch them in orbit? Yeah, I can't remember the name of that either. But yeah, the whatever, the Nebuchadnezzar. No. Yeah. Okay, do not associate. <laughs> the Hermes? <laughs> the Hermes. It is the Hermes, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> oh, God. Because they live in the sewers where it's warm, near the Earth's core. Don't question it. Well, we have lots of other questions. We, we, we do. I, I have a ton of questions. <laughs> Okay, next question for me is Bumblebee can't talk again? Because at the end of the first movie, he says, like, oh, Bumblebee, your voice works. Do you want to go live with us in the desert? And he's like, no, I want to stay with the boy. And they're like, okay. And now at this movie, he's back to trying to talk using the radio clips. I, I think it was another way to get cheap laughs and have a very easy script to write since the entire script is pretty much the same. I mean, you take, you know... The all spark you replace with the dagger thingy. You take, you know, Optimus arriving to like advance the plot with the old robot coming to life to advance the plot. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's everything just like taken out from the first movie and replaced with something else. It's like instead of the Hoover Dam, you have, you know, the Egyptian pyramids. So Bumblebee's voice being gone has no explanation. I mean, literally at the start of the movie, they're just like, oh, you, they, they, it was like a one-line thing saying, oh, yeah, your voice got damaged again. Oh, okay. 
I mean, I think Sam literally says those exact lines. Like, okay, so we'll scratch that what's off. What's her face? I can't even remember her name. Michaela. Megan Fox. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see here. Oh yeah, how how do Sam? If robots are still secret, because Megatron has that TV <laughs> broadcast later where he's very really like Doctor Doom and says like, you know, now I that was the fallen guy. Or, okay, the fallen guy. It's really hard to tell him apart. So See, actually, that was one thing I thought this movie did better. Instead of, like, complete robot already don't know who's who, I thought they actually looked different in this movie for the most part. I couldn't tell Megatron apart from the Fallen guy. Oh, I, I could, because the Fallen guy was, fallen like, really guy. thin and spindly, and Megatron's, like, bulky. No, and, fallen, yeah. the Fallen's face just had, like, um... It kind of looked like a like a Protoss like High Templar face, kind of like really long, and it has a little like flappy gills on the. I side. could tell him apart when he's like in full shot, but I thought that was Megatron on TV. Oh well, there was the Fallen's face. I, I, I don't know. Immaterial to my question, however. Yes. Okay. Go because on. the Sorry. question is, are robots still secret? Because there's a TV broadcast later where he's like, "Now I'm going to reveal to you that we are among you and we must destroy you." So robots are still secret. They, the secret never got out from the first clusterfuck somehow. Yes, that, that was what I gathered. Because, I mean, that one, his dorm mate, like, had a bunch of, you know, cell phone videos that were all shaky cam and whatnot. Yeah. That he had compiled to be like, oh, you know, they exist. So the government and, just covered it up with, like, a neuralizer or something? It's, I guess, you know, Sector 7 or whatever Nest now is just, like... Making thermostats and covering up, uh, you know. That's right. Okay. Robots falling from the sky. And that works, but leads me to my next question then. Robots are still secret before the TV broadcast revealing them. How come Sam's neighbors don't care that the toasters come to life and just burst out into their backyard and Bumblebee explodes out of the garage, transforms into a giant 50-foot-tall robot and starts using his, his arm blasters to blow up their entire backyard to kill the toasters. They're snowbirds. They're not home. The, all the neighbors are gone. I mean, you, I mean, it's in the backyard, so really you only have to like worry yourself with like maybe just two. It's, I don't know if his house backs up into like another street or like maybe a woods or something like that. But it's like a 50-foot-tall robot. You could probably see that from more than two houses away. No, maybe. Plus, the police show up shortly thereafter because his mom calls the police, like, oh my god. And then their entire, you know, Sam's like, get back in the garage. And Bumblebee crawls to the garage as a robot for some reason, breaks more of it. And the police show up, and it's like, your whole backyard's destroyed, and there's robot pieces everywhere. What happened? I mean, I think his dad said, uh, like, a gas leak or maybe like a hot water heater exploded or something like that. But I mean, the police aren't that retarded. I, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of retarded people in this movie. So, like, maybe in this universe, like, everyone's just like kind of you know a little downy and like they're like, oh, <laughs> okay. And then like the insurance guy just like comes by and is like, oh, you know, all right, that's cool. Okay. Okay. All right, I'm scratching these off. We're we're burning through these. Um, so it all, it all, Sam goes to college and there's some stupid thing where the Terminator is a sexy robot. I don't know why that whole part was in there. Because they're trying to get the shard of the Allspark. That's what the Decepticons are looking for so they can, like, resurrect Megatron. 
I, yeah. I just don't get yeah. why the whole college part was in the movie other than to pad the movie. Because Sam wise. finds the Allspark shard when the toasters come to life and it gets absorbed into his anus or something. But why did he have to go to college like that? Like, because well, he had because he's to just going to college. Yeah, but I mean, he graduated he went for high like school. A, a, a day, like it seems really pointless. Just to like, oh, you're going off to college. Oh, day gone. Like what, plot wise, like writing the movie, it doesn't. I don't know. It seems strange. You mean why that day? Yeah, why that day? Like, I mean, he could have been pretty convenient, huh? Yeah, it's just it's like ridiculousness of that. Just like it's like, eh, ha ha, like. So funny. I mean, it's a sub question. I, and I don't know. Like for me, all this shit at college just felt like really cringy. Like, oh god. But like, like, oh yeah, no, I I wanted resisted the urge to fast forward through those scenes because they were very cringy, uncomfortable. So how how like did early office cringy? The Allspark. How did he find the shard and it got like absorbed into his body or something? Is that what you said? He, he like found it on it. His his the sweatshirt or something he had at the the battle. Yeah, he kept the sweatshirt. As, like, a reminder, like, the shitty sweatshirt that got destroyed in the first movie. Yeah, I remember that. Because he's like, oh, it's, like, my sweet jersey that I wear when I want to get fucked or whatever. And then, like... Just no, I think the... Bitch. Oh, no, that was the other guy that said that. Um, yeah. But then he's just, like, looking at it, like, talking to what's-her-face on the phone. And then, like, it drops out of his pocket on the, on the sweater. And, like, he picks it up, and for some reason, like, him touching it... Like, maybe that imprints, like, all these alien symbols in his mind at that point. Or, like, I have a question about that. Remind me of this. But then he touches it. That happens. And, like, for some reason, it gets super hot. And he drops it. And, it like, melts through the floor. And then, like, all of the appliances in the kitchen just come to life. Right. And because the shard gets activated or whatever, that's how the Decepticons pick it up. On their radar or something, right? Because sound waves, sound waves is in the orbit, satellite. and he's like scanning for it. Yeah, he's on the satellite. Yeah, yeah. which again, I think they totally wasted the character sound wave in this movie. He just he literally does nothing but sit up in orbit and yeah. talk a few times. So it's I, like, and he was a great character in G one. What would have made more sense for him based on his Transformers past would be to put like one of the cassette tapes to work up there, right? And then he could but still he do sound shit. Like one of the Jaguar thingies to. Infiltrate the military base. The thing that has like the dust robot that turns into like the one dimensional. Yeah, it's their version of Ravage. Two dimensional. Oh, you're right. Whoops. (laughs) He's a one dimensional character. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he is. Got you there. (laughs) He got me there. So, what was your question about uh, imprinting on his DNA? You wanted me to remind you about? Right. So, um,. I don't really get how that did anything for the plot, really. Like, he just wrote those symbols every once in a while, and then, like, they found the old Decepticon Autobot guy, whatever. And then, like, he just looked at Sam's symbol, and it's like, oh, yeah, those symbols are because we've been here for a while. Let's go to Egypt. Bam, we're here. Like, it, it didn't seem like they did anything other than just to like it seemed like you know he was talking like oh it's like a map to a thing but then like when he met the old robot it was just oh yeah that's probably something but i'm just gonna go take you to where i know where it is i'm gonna come back to that question 
Because I have the answer for you. Oh, really? But it comes later in the movie. Okay. I'm trying to go sequentially in order of the the plot. Okay, sure, sure. So we can talk about the, the robot man now. Um, the old guy. He's, old robot. He, yeah, he's been around forever. He has a cane. He, like, throws up everywhere. has an old man cough. He farts. Or I guess he technically shits himself because he fires the parachute out. Yeah. Tee hee hee. Ha I know. Why? Why would a um, yes. a blackbird have a parachute? Oh, well, okay. They they all have that. Do they? Yeah, the drogue shoot from when they land on the runway to slow them down. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Space shuttle has one too. Well, I mean, I thought the space shuttle had one just because that's like, it's too hard to break it. But like, I thought a. A jet would be able to like just reverse its engines and slow down that way. I think any supersonic thing they designed like back in the day, like the test jets, they all had those because you never know when your expensive piece of something is gonna blow up on oh, the okay. runway. Oh, yeah. okay. That's fine then. That's probably yeah. the first explanation that's made sense so far. Hooray. Yay. But why is he an SR seventy one Blackbird, a plane from I think the sixties, fifties? Sixties. Yeah. If he's been around since, you know, time immemorial, and he's been there since apparently before the pyramids were finished, which was quite some time ago, and yet he's an airplane from, like, the middle to modernish age of flight. He's not like a Sopwith Camel biplane, or the Wright Flyer, even. Well, they established that they can switch the, like Bumblebee does, he's an old Camaro, and then he becomes a new Camaro with his, you know, scanner for his alternate form. I figure that the old robot just has been doing that periodically for however many thousands of years he's been stuck living on Earth, and he just periodically upgrades. Like, you know, maybe he was a big boulder back in Egyptian times or something, and now he's a plane because it's like a, it's an old like aircraft junkyard right pretty much or no it's the smithsonian national air and space museum is where they go <laughs> oh no 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 he he gives them he takes them to the uh where they go out in the desert that's another question okay I yeah have. i'm thinking about but the old robot takes them to the desert right he does take him to egypt yeah okay he teleports him there with the space bridge yeah or something or he, he says the space bridge is the fastest way to travel and i warned you okay okay so which I, is just another like Oh, okay. Well, it's too hard to actually transport all our characters and move them to where we want to. So. Right. Okay, let's just introduce this thing. This concept. Yeah, maybe it was in the other the animated series, but it was in the animated series, but not quite that same way. Okay, so I still don't buy why he's been sitting there for fifty years as a plane, but I will buy that he's changed himself over time. Yeah, that's that's okay. What I want to know now is how they get from six hundred Independence Avenue, Washington D.C. two zero five six zero to the boneyard out in out west by punching a wall in the back of the hangar in the museum. Because the robot says, we got to get out of here, smashes the back wall out, and now they're in the boneyard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they travel from the east coast to the middle of the southwest by punching a wall. Huh. Maybe it was like Michael Bay's attempt at a, a jump cut on in the film. Like he just like passed over a bunch of time there. Like he punches the wall and then next scene they're walking in the, the boneyard or he punches the wall and the boneyard is visible outside. He walks out and then the camera switches to the outside and it's like, Okay, we're out back in Washington DC where there's the desert apparently with all the airplanes we don't use anymore. 
So that, that museum is in Washington, D.C. Yeah, I got it on Google Maps. It's right here. Oh, okay. Maybe there were some explanatory <laughs> scenes that were cut to keep the movie at a appreciable length. Can you length. use the space bridge to open up a portal in the back of the museum to go to the boneyard? I mean, I was thinking that, but when he uses it the other time, it's very, like, very jarring. Like, people are exploding out of thin air and flying and crashing into dust. I- I'm trying here. I am... I'm going to put a check next to that question because it was not answered. So it gets a check, putting its name on the board. Okay. I'll make two I checks. I think you need a red pen for that. I, don't have, I only have a black pen. Okay. Um, okay, now let's talk about the Decepticons after they get brought back to life when they finally get, you know, they kidnap Sam and have the, the robot slurp his brains out. But they use the piece of the AllSpark to... Bring Megatron stole, back. Not the one that Sam had. Right. Yeah. They steal it from the military base, which is the only known one on the planet. Because Sam, like, absorbs his, and I guess his, like, falls into the center of the earth or something? No. Or does he get it back? He actually picked it up with, like, tweezers or something and put it in a little vial and gave it to okay. What's-Her-Face. Michaela. Yes. Okay. Megan Fox. For some reason, Michaela just, like... I don't know. That name with Megan Fox just doesn't click for me. I don't know. But whatever. Go on. So they get all the things back together. Megatron comes back to life. Um, Megatron takes orders now. He's a bitch. Kind of. But Megatron was the man. And apparently the Fallen is like the founder and leader of the Decepticons, yes. which is way different from any other Transformers stuff. Also previously unmentioned in the in the film before, where Optimus Prime is like, the Decepticons are led by Megatron. It's like, apparently not. Well, and that's why it conflicts with the plot of the first movie to me is because they explain in the first movie that they're look, the whole reason they came to Earth was because they're looking for that AllSpark thing that Megatron's going to use to create an army from Earth's machines, right? Mm-hmm. But then in this movie, it's like, no, they're actually here to, like, put in place the Fallen's plan to, like, turn on the pyramid thing and suck the energy out of the sun or whatever, so... Again, it was just a matter of, like, from square one. They had to change square one a little bit because, like, they already had robots established, but they brought in the same way that, like, oh, Decepticons come in or the Fallen comes in in this movie. In the first movie, it's just the Decepticons. And then the Autobots come in. In this movie, it's the old man robot to advance the plot. It's just like all just cut and paste. It's like, oh, well, we already brought Megatron to Earth. Let's just <laughs> add another one that's double Megatron. It just seems <laughs> weird that they they retcon their own franchise movie to movie throughout the like the first I'm... three movies. like on Like the whole like genesis of why the Transformers are even there in the first place because like in the first movie, it's like, they're all looking for that thing. And then in this movie, it's like, Oh, we're actually here because, you know, we're here to prevent the fallen from, you know, doing all this bullshit to the pyramid and, you know, sucking the juice out of your son. (laughs) Well, he didn't say they originally in the start of the movie, they weren't saying, Oh, we're here to prevent the fallen. He's, they just said, Oh, we're still staying here to prevent the Decepticons from, coming here but i mean what the decepticons were doing did change because it originally was oh we're trying to get the all spark to bring back our race i guess in the first movie Mm -hmm. and in this movie it's like 
somehow the fallen was introduced on like a moon of Saturn or something like, oh, hey, um, we're actually trying to eat the sun instead of bring back our race just because, brah. Yeah, so like, like the only thing I can, the only way I can make that work is like, so Megatron was gonna like create a race of like warrior machines and get that real quick before they suck the energy out of the sun. Like, so it's like I a have, twofer. Or <laughs> there's another thing I have. I guess the whole retconning thing crops up there again because so they need the Allspark to bring back their race, right? Is what we established in the first movie here. I think he just wants to use the Allspark to create like a surplus army. I mean, I think their race is like out there and it's okay. just there's a huge civil war going on. I, I thought the race was dying or maybe... I think that there's only a certain number of them left. Okay. But Megatron wants to tip the balance of power in his favor by basically creating himself a whole planet's worth of Decepticons. With the Allspark. Yeah. But in this movie, they are growing robots yes. in pods. Yes, hatchlings right there. Okay, didn't even see your list. <laughs> but yeah, they're growing robots in pods, so it's like, okay, so you don't need the Allspark to make an army? But they need like, energon. They need energy from the sun, which they're going to blow up and still sit on Saturn's moon? Right. Okay. Because the, the hatchlings need the energies, is what Starstream says. I, I get that, but they're still just going to sit on Saturn's moon while it's just like a rogue planet now orbiting nothing. Yeah, I'm, well, I mean... Wow, in Michael Bay's defense, they are robots who don't really need the sun or plants, so what does it matter to them if it's a rogue planet? Do they? Like, okay, so I thought they were all mechanical, uh-huh. but then they're growing in pods... And then there's like one scene. I know one... why they're growing in pods. You don't. You know why? I know why. Why is that? Because Michael Bay saw The Matrix that weekend. Oh god damn it! I thought there was an actual explanation. <laughs> oh, the pods, the the blue pods that aren't red, didn't remind you of the fucking Matrix? Kind of, but again, like okay, so can you agree that they are mechanical beings? Oh yeah, yeah. robots that are in disguise. Typically, hundred percent. Okay, so. They have, like, Bumblebee gets a hold of this Jaguar robot in Egyptistan or whatever country they're in. Yeah. And, like, rips it apart, and there's, like, this slimy, like, organic-looking kind of spine that he rips out of it. Oil. It didn't look like oil, but pretty, maybe. Pretty sure it was oil. It may have been oil. Robo-jizz and... Maybe. It was robo-jizz, I guess. But it just, like, didn't look mechanical. I'm like, huh. Okay, so they're part organic now since they're growing in pods and they have like spiny looking things with like, I guess, oil fluid or something. The oh. only way I can possibly justify the pods thing is like maybe they introduce like nanites or something into this pod gel and it like builds on that or something, but that's still retarded. I mean, that's a huge stretch. I mean, I think it's, it, and it undercuts, like you said, the whole point of the first movie. It's like they're like, the AllSpark is the thing that, they say create Cybertronian life. But then why did they even fight over it if they just grow things in pods? Is it because the AllSpark is like the, you know, shake and bake version? It does it like really fast and you don't have to wait for like your pod formers to grow? Yeah. Uh, you don't have to water them with like sun energy as much? It doesn't make any fucking sense to me. <sighs> no. Okay. Hatchlings, check. Not answered. Okay. Um, why not go for the pyramids to begin with? What do you mean? 
in the first movie, if, if that's like the way to do things is to suck the sun up, which I guess J.J. Abrams copied for the new Star Wars. He copied from Transformers. That's pretty sad. Why not go for the pyramids in, in the beginning? Why go through the trouble of trying to get the Allspark when you know it's like so well hidden and defended? You haven't found it yet, but you know where the pyramids are. I mean, it could be like what Grant's saying, that you know the Allspark is the shake and bake, and the pyramids thingy to suck the sun is like your it, little pod grower it, it thing. It looked pretty easy. What? The... The pyramids, they just smashed the top off, and it's like, aha, it's going to charge up now. But they didn't know where the, the Matrix thingy was. I, I guess that was their excuse. They didn't know where that okay, was. Okay, in, in the first movie, though, in, that. In, in the first movie, though, Megatron did know where the AllSpark was because that's how the instructions got imprinted on um, Sam's grandfather's pair of glasses because Megatron had the coordinates... Yeah. And like that guy activated his I don't know navigation g- navigation system and it like yeah, did it a you know glasses. etching on the glasses. And then eventually it got in the hands of Optimus and Right. Like, so but again, like you you guys are right. Like I just don't get it. Like why if the ultimate goal is to do what the fallen tells you to do, like why are you searching for this all spark thing anyway? Like if they if I the, think that was that may have been plan A or something like that. Like plan A, get the all spark Kill the, the Autobots. But in this plan movie, B, it seems that Plan A was totally to drain the energy from the sun because they say the Fallen tried to do it like, you know, like a thousands of years ago or something. And the other Primes, like, you know, they put the kibosh on that and put him in his place. The and, Prime yeah. family. Right. That, um... Tyler Perry's the Prime family. <laughs> Which is another question I have. Prime family, question mark. <laughs> so that's not a thing in no. any sort of series. There's no, like... There, there's Something no prime family, prime. and there's no robot parents, which comes up twice. Oh, the ancestors and whatnot? Yeah. The the Blackbird guy saying, my father was a wheel, and he was didn't transform into anything, and he was good at it. And then the robot Megan Fox is like BDSM torturing, is like, ah, my parents were, you know, piles of shit. Well, I mean, there's also the one... Thing about the old robot saying like oh we are ancestors to the other primes or something like that but yeah, yeah it's it, robot parents question mark that actually has an explanation that i called out from the, the animated cartoon. movie <laughs> with the little kid robots <laughs> bam you're yeah, gonna you're gonna stick with that you're yeah gonna, just, you're gonna use the animated movie you can just think of just like Greased up WD forty'd robots fucking. I I guess you could explain it if you if you talk in pumping poop shoot poundings. Yeah. That's a reference I haven't heard in a while. Yeah. <laughs> you could explain the hatchlings and the little kid robots and the ancestor robots all together. You could say that the way they start is that they're grown in these pods from like nanobots or something, and over time. They grow because the nanobots keep absorbing material and keep building and building and building until they become, uh, you know, mature robots or whatever. But that's, I mean, I'm just trying to rationalize the the crappy ideas in this movie. That's the only yeah. way I can do it. But I, mean, I, I think it sucks, though. That's not the explanation. Yeah. I. So how, is it ever established how these robots actually, like, reproduce and further their race? Or is it just nope. that, like, they are beings that live for hundreds of thousands of years and they just 
like absorb other robots, which I mean, I think is a they, other question you may have. They, they've never explained that definitively in any Transformers franchise okay. about like how the robots come to life or how they come online and like. I mean, like yeah. it's like vague in the first movie. It's like, oh, the AllSpark brings life to our planet. So like, just the fact that like energy condenses into mass and produces a robot on Cybertron or something like that. Wow, so they can change energy into mass, huh? Yeah. Pretty advanced. <laughs> and now, then Justin, weren't you upset about that before with the trailer though? Yes, I was. <laughs> but I am I mean, we're what, halfway through this shit show and like I am beginning to just accept some of the bigger flaws with a trailer than Making robot like, babies. Like I said, the trailer was kind of a small point. <laughs> yes, compared to the <laughs> overall rest of the universe, metaverse. I don't know. Yeah, so the highest rule is we don't kill sentient life. That's why the, the other robots don't like the fallen prime. But Optimus Prime is down with killing sentient robots. Sometimes. Yes. Okay, I'm just going to give that a check mark because there's no fucking way we're getting around that. You're going to give it a check minus? No, I'm just checking all the questions we haven't answered and scratching out the ones we have. I mean, it just may be that the like, Optimus sees it like, oh, you know, if you kill somebody who is going to kill 100 people, are you in the just? Like, if you kill one person to save 100 lives, like... But then Megatron is saying, like, we have to kill these humans to save our entire race, so the, quite, the moral question isn't really resolved. I think, well, Optimus sees the humans as a, a race similar to theirs, just less advanced. Mm -hmm. Whereas theirs is really a race that is on the decline, because, I mean, they are trying to bring life back to their planet. Like, life is apparently gone from their planet so they're like well we will protect this race and imprint it with our values in order to further our you know our beliefs in this universe so i think that's like maybe i am giving it too much credit but that might be it let's try centering up there centering up oh. yeah cool um i think you might be giving it a little bit too much credit philosophically yeah. I'm not sure Michael Bay examined these questions as deeply as you are. Eh. Seems like Optimus Prime's the good guy, so he's against killing people. He's against... Well, again, I don't know. I'm just going to go with that. Maybe it's like, time to get out his sword and spin in slow-mo. Maybe there was, like, one rudder that didn't have a gun to his head. That, like... <laughs> you just slipped that in? It was like, <laughs> eh. I feel... I feel like this today. I'm going to slip this one in. He got that past the sensors. The sensors for, like, the... Well, I mean, the sensors were so fixated on, like, the black robot, the black-faced robots that are like, ah, ha, ha. The black robots were the diversion yeah. to slip in actual content, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Oh, I, I wrote down ghetto bots twice. Get rid of that. Um, okay, so when they go to the Lost Crusades Temple, which is... That holy grail place. I don't care anybody says the same. Petra. Yeah, it's Petra. It's the same fucking building, and the pyramids too. I guess all because the his friend from college even says like, "What do you think? No one's been here. I mean, it's all dug out." 
you know, archaeologists have been here a ton of times. I would have found it by now. Mm-hmm. Nobody in the course of history ever looked like inside the pyramid using radar or some shit or, you know, back in the Victorian age, a rock hammer and found a giant satellite ray gun thing and nobody scanned behind a wall with like a painted relief on it in Petra and we're like, oh, hey, there's a whole hollow chamber full of robot bones. I mean... Which makes no sense because they have done that in real life. Yes. They have done, like, you know, they've shot those pitons into the ground and done, like, radar pulse imaging for but, the pyramids. And yeah. So, like, they okay. know what's... <laughs> I, yeah. I can't explain the pyramids because those have probably been thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly examined considering they are a stone's throw away from... Is, it's Cairo, right? Cairo. It's, like, right there. Like, you can, oh. you can sit in a pizza hut and look at the pyramids and, like, walk half a mile to get there. Not quite. What? It's a little bit of a drive. It's on the horizon. Yeah, you can yeah. see them, but it's not like you're sitting next to, you know, the football stadium or something. Yeah, it's close enough. It is close enough. It smells very bad, by the way. I have no plans to go to Cairo right now. But it yeah. really would have been convenient if there had been, like, a McDonald's or something right next to the pyramids or something. <laughs> like, oh, I, Like, yeah. carved out into the stone. That, yeah. But, okay, so the pyramids I cannot explain. But KFC. The, the yes. other one, the Lost Temple one. yeah. Um, good map. It's possible that that was just like this little, you know, thing in the side of a cliff. It was just like, oh, this painted relief, and maybe they had artifacts that got looted before, and that was it. Like, I guess the Victorian era explorers were just like, yep, we cleaned all this shit out and we're taking it back home. Like, looks like we did a good job today, and like, then they left. And then, like, other people just came in, like, oh, cool painter relief. There's nothing else here, I guess. We'll just move on to the other, you know, King Tut tombs and whatnot. You know, I, I don't know. I think nerds would have scanned it with radar or something. They've scanned everything else in Egypt. Maybe the pyramid itself is some kind of transformer, and only when the fallen touches it, the rocks transform into, like, the the resonator thing or whatever it is. You know what? That would have been mildly interesting if the pyramids were like Metroplex or something. And like if they had actually shown in the movie like him touching and activating some kind of metamorphosis on like or it's like a sophisticated cloaking device or some shit like that or but no, they just say like he rips off the top of the pyramid and it's just in there. So why when he when he was like ripping off pieces of the pyramid and like sucking into his mouth, why weren't there like an equal number of rocks just, like, shooting out his back. Devastator. He's devastating him. Oh, okay. It's, by the way, a big letdown for the Constructicons to be that thing. Yeah. Because his transformation sequence was really cool and was like, oh, cool, Devastator, I remember him. But then he's just like... So in this movie, though, the Constructicons individually, aren't they still, like, uh, working... Like dump trucks and stuff, or yeah, cement mixers and shit. Yeah, yeah. So are so they tease you because you think it's going to be a good devastator, and then they transform, and it's just like this retarded, What's, yeah, yeah, devil uh, monster uh, thing. It's John Turturro. Yeah, fuck him. Butler from from uh, Mr. Deeds and the college friend are hanging out like at a construction site near the pyramids for some reason, which I don't think they exist. And then there's these construction vehicles come to life, and he's like, "Hmm, what's going on here?" And then you're thinking, like, wait a minute, construction vehicles. There's, like, five of them. Oh, shit, I remember what this is. It's Devastator. It's the Constructicons. They combine. And they start putting themselves together. So. And you're like, yeah. And then it turns out he's a giant, like, mentally handicapped robot who just smashes the pyramid. 
Well, it like the one card drove up and it had the little Decepticon hood ornament. But like, is that are each of those pieces actually like sen- like sentient by themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They're all regular Transformers. They just can combine into a bigger Transformer. Just Voltron it up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the Autobots had one who was like a bunch of rescue vehicles, like emergency service vehicles. Okay. So, you know, they're, they're all... Maybe he shows up in another movie. I can't even remember at this point. But Devastator was pretty cool in the cartoon, and he sucked in this movie. Ah, he did suck in this movie, literally. <laughs> But he gets shot with a railgun because America. That's not even a question. That's just. <laughs> I just wrote that down. America? Railgun plus America, exclamation mark. Because the butler from Mr. Deeds gets on the phone. It's like, Sector 7's been shut down. I don't have any clearance, but you're going to take orders from me, Mr. Navy Captain. So, yeah, shoot at the pyramid. You don't know the situation, but shoot at the fucking pyramid. Hey, you know that classified railgun you have in the destroyer? Yeah, listen up, douche. You better target at these coordinates or else. Oh, man, this Chad's pretty angry. I better do this. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The guy's like Jeb Bush. He's just like, okay, I'm listening. Tell me what to do, Donald. Donald, you stop being mean to my family. (laughs) So I'm not even going to scratch that out or put a check mark, so I just wanted to remark upon the railgun plus America. Can you just circle America? Yeah, I'll circle America for you. Do you like little like teenage girl hearts next to it? My my pen had ink in it, which I feel like it's petering out. I'll I'll circle it once and draw a little heart just for you. Okay. Okay. Um I have a question about Megan Fox's dad, but I I just wanted to know why, because he was in the movie for like maybe thirty frames of film. I think it was just to set up the whole she can't, you know, come to college with Sam or at least live off campus or something. That she had, like, something binding her to wherever he lives. I don't even know where the fuck every town in America he lives in. Somewhere in California, I thought. Is it California? Looks like California. Okay. Looks like California to me. It's cheap to film there for Michael Bay. Because he can just shoot in, like, his neighborhood? Yeah. Okay, I thought... You can just take a left out of the yeah. driveway. And then he just goes into his garage to edit the rest of the movie because it's all CGI, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have 15 minutes of just humans in here, guys, so I can bang this out over the weekend on my MacBook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me know when you're done with the render farm. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm going to scratch that out because I just wanted to know what the fuck was happening there. Um, Justin had two questions, goat question mark and sand question mark. So, oh, so far away. <laughs> so I just thought it was kind of strange that like somehow they always end up airdropping in this like little spit of a village no matter where they go in the Middle East that looks exactly the same with like goats and chickens and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I just thought there was this one part where a goat jumped off a ball and it was kind of cute. Goats are pretty cool animals in my book, but yeah. Okay. I don't think these guys are real special forces because they don't have the lights out goat fucker patch in their arm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hope that's a real thing, but... It is a real thing. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, I've I've seen a lot of photos of special forces guys floating around, so I guess it's like a special forces community in joke. Lights out, goat fucker. Again, though, like, why are they in this movie? They don't... They're not... (laughs) They don't do anything. 
So why are they like characters who have names and stuff? Even better, though, they disobey orders from a guy who, despite being a douche, has the legal authority to order them around somewhere. They throw him out of an airplane by contriving an emergency. And then it's like they get the Captain Kirk defense of like, but we saved the planet. Right. And the military is like, oh, you guys, you don't need to follow orders. You saved the planet. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> it's like, let's just break chain of command. Just this once for you guys. Like, Don't do it again. It's like the fucking police where we went to high school. Oh, you murdered somebody? Hey, don't do it again. Oh, there's drugs in your locker? Oh, geez, guys. You, can't, you know you can't do that. Like, You're putting me in a real shitty position. These. We're going to take these and smoke them to teach you right. a lesson. You're driving drunk. Like, let's let's just give you a ride home. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Officer, you know, whatever, we'll get out and drive your car back and fill it up with a full tank of gas just to yeah. apologize for the inconvenience. You take the premium? Or... <laughs> we'll, we'll give your ter- parents a very stern talking to. and Yeah. They'll send you to your room and you'll just sleep it off. And... That'll be the yep. end of it. We'll never talk about it again. But the military, these guys would be like in Fort Leavenworth. Like, you can't fucking do that. But hey, you know what? They're the best. <laughs> America. <laughs> Continuing the theme from Pearl Harbor, I guess, where orders don't really matter if you're in a Michael Bay movie, so long as you do something impressive while you're disobeying them. Oh, yeah. I never saw that one. Ooh. Not so, a sci fi. Is that too bad? It doesn't fit in our purview. Yeah. No. Thank you. Should just watch that lawyer. on your own. Uh, time though it's a I'd really it's a very not. educational film no i'm i'd rather <laughs> watch what's that one uh one of our mutual friends always likes to watch I, uh, that's not very helpful <laughs> uh starts with a c last name d I, I okay i know you're talking about but what the movie it's like <laughs> oh it's like three words all together and like it's just three words like Torah, 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 Torah. Yes. <laughs> that <laughs> Which is, is actually a good that's movie. A good movie. Yeah, that's a good yeah. movie. That's a good movie. I'd rather watch that than Pearl Harbor. I, I would too. Tor 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 is amazing. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a choice, Justin. Okay, I'm just glad we're in agreement on this. So to, to loop us back around to the end of the Transformers movie, Sam dies. Spoiler. But he has like a near-death experience where the prime robot brothers who incinerated themselves to hide the Matrix of Leadership or whatever talk to him like it's been your destiny since you were born to take the, le- the Matrix of Leadership, which is not found, but it is within us. And they just, the magic pixie ducks brings him back to life. Yes, yeah, Sam's like a Transformer or something. Like he, he dies... And has a near-death experience, vision, like chat with God, and then comes back to life, and he's just like, I know what I need to do. Maybe that one Transformer that had, like, her tongue down his throat, like, made him into a Transformer. <laughs> well, like the Wolverine? Yeah. She dropped a little spider down there? Maybe. <laughs> okay, so that's what I want to ask. Um, yeah, Sam, death, vision, question mark, scratch that out. I guess it's from the imprint, from the, the shard he picked up. Uh, which leads to Optimus Prime getting resurrected by the magic dust that has now turned to the Matrix leadership. So I don't get that. Okay, okay. I actually have a genuine question for that. Okay, so yes, Sam stabs him after it went from pixie dust back to the little dagger thing, whatever. Don't care about that right now. Yep. Stabs him, brings mm-hmm. him back to life. I thought that was like giving him power to, you know, live again. Mm-hmm. But at which point, you know, Megatron just, Rips him out, rips out of his chest. Or maybe it's the fall. I don't fucking know. Yeah, right. Rips it out of his chest. And he's still alive? Like, I thought that was, like, his new energy source or something. 
think it was like he got a jump start. Oh, is that it? Where he got like a sensu bean or something. But he only got half a sensu bean? I think it was enough to, to turn him over and get the alternator going and charge his battery up. At which point he just like sucked the life force out of the old man robot. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. I'm just saying that was it was amazing to watch a pickup truck get like giant Gundam wing flying jet wings. <laughs> yeah, it's super armor. Yeah. And, oh, <laughs> just as you're saying that, oh. and so like he merges with the uh, the life force of the old transformer, so he does a piccolo on him, and who's also a prime, so it's cool, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but like you just saying that reminded me of um. I, there's this one like super like America vision in like King of the Hill one time where like Hank or no it's in the Simpsons where like Homer's like imagining himself driving a truck through the air because he fills it up with jet fuel. Yeah, that's what you just said about Optimus Prime being a giant truck driving through the air. So Optimus, yeah, Optimus gets his America fuck yeah upgrade and yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. blasts off to Egypt or <laughs> after he gets killed brutally in the forest trying to save Sam and is like Sam run when he dies. And he comes back to life and strikes with furious vengeance and brutally murders the fallen guy. I mean, if the Decepticons had such a beef and hated Optimus Prime so much, mm-hmm. like, why wouldn't they just, like, rip apart his body, like, bit by bit? Like, because, I mean, all they're doing is, like, chasing a kid afterwards. Like, oh, well, we know the kid got away. Why don't we just go back and grab <laughs> Optimus's body and rip his head off and take a shit in it or something like that? Right, because the military gets it and they just cart it around. Yeah. Which leads to them disobeying orders and getting the Presidential Medal of Freedom and everything, but... Like, I honestly thought, like, you know, it makes sense for, you know, okay, the kid got away. Well, let's go back to Optimus' body and fucking dump him to the bottom of the ocean like he did to fucking us or something like that. Or take a trophy, pop his head off. Exactly. Like, dozens of things you could have done to him to, like, completely just destroy him. At least present his head as a gift to the fallen guy. Yeah. Yeah. Or transform him into a truck and park him in a parking lot in southwest Texas and leave him there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking of things you could do with him as a transformer. I don't know if they have like a manual transform button though. Maybe. Look, you know what? Maybe they have a crank somewhere. We don't know. (laughs) Many things are unexplained. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Uh, And Megatron takes a page out of Starscream's book when Starscream's like, I don't mean to be a pussy, but cowards survive, Master. And Megatron's like... Okay, you're right. I- I'm gonna leave now, but I'm gonna and get then, you like, later. Yeah, they go to a top of a building for some. Like, I don't know why they just flew to the top of like a MetLife building. Because <laughs> MetLife paid a lot of money for that shot, Justin. Yeah. Like, I don't get why they flew up there to just be like, ah, oh, like we fucked up, but we're gonna do something about it. Like, why don't they just? They're still in the forest. Like, why don't they just be like, oh, we fucked up. Let's um do something about it. Because they had to go to the MetLife building to say like subliminally like you humans and your met life won't save if we destroy your buildings oh it's like when superman works at the waffle house in man of steel it's because waffle house paid for the cgi shot of him smashing the guy's semi-truck wasn't the met life building though in the first movie too i think met life probably paid for a lot of shit okay do you notice like waffle house is pretty good that sounds good right now they drink certain sodas and stuff in these movies and <laughs> oh i know it's all just like a ton of marketing shit like every time there's like that shot that lingers a little too long, like a GMC logo, or like you go to Times Square, it's like, oh, there's like Bud Light's advertisements and whatnot. Like, okay. Oh, Times Square was good when the Fallen guy had his TV broadcast. Why is that? 
Because all the advertising they shoved in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, as far as, like, for Michael Bay's pockets. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Fuck this movie. I've answered all my questions or scratched them out. Oh, really? Yep. Cool. Although there is one question that I didn't write down, which is why. But we're never going to answer that. Why? Why? Money. Money. Because the first movie probably did really well overseas, despite getting bad reviews here. Like, for some reason, shit movies overseas do really well. Like, the Dragon Ball movie (laughs) did shit here, but it did well enough overseas for them to go and make a sequel. And it did well. It did decently well overseas, I think. I guess people in developing markets haven't uh, gotten quite to the point yet where they... They're not exhausted by the bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, they haven't gotten oversaturated with this stuff like we have for the past 30 years. But still, all the Transformers movies, these Michael Bay movies, have done really well here in the the States, too. Yeah. Which... Because I think it's one of those movies you can... Turn off your brain. Yeah, just turn off your brain and just go and watch the movie and not think about anything. But that's my criticism of this movie, much like the, the first one, which I find it's just... It's okay, but it's not really engaging. It's, it gets pretty boring by the end. This movie is just plain boring for most of it. Like, I just think it's so boring, especially because the, the fight at the pyramid is like half the movie. The end fight scene's like half the movie. And it's like a three-hour film, isn't it? It's a... I watched a two-and-a-half-hour version. <clears throat> yeah, I think the longest one is the third one. Yeah, this... But when your end fight scene is half of your movie... It's just so exhausting. Like I just I remember seeing this in the theaters and we were just like waiting to leave like oh is it over yet? It's like worse than Return of the King. You know, cuz you think oh god, like now they're going to get to the pyramid, like now they're going to destroy the resonator thing and it's like yeah, nope, nope, nope. Still, had, there's another final battle to be had. At least when I was watching this movie, I had the benefit of being able to look at, you know, a progress bar in the media player. So I can be like, "Oh, okay. Well, Watching this last night, I'm going to go to sleep because this is making me tired. And then, Well, you could fast forward, too, if you wanted. But I would miss all these key plot points like Megatron going to the top of a building and goats and yeah. chickens and, and sand and blackface robots. Minstrel bots. Yep. Yeah. But the next movie, things become even more complicated because they retcon the reason for the Decepticons being here again. Again. And they retcon Megatron. <laughs> yeah. Right. They retcon, or I mean, I guess we'll find out. Oh, you'll find out. You already know the key plot point to the movie, though, the hilarious ending. Oh, with him dying? Yeah, the Duke Nukem execution. Die. Die. <laughs> Megatron begs for his life. And Optimus Prime, who says we value all sentient life, Sam, with Wiki, is like, die. And Megatron's like, and he gets blown apart into like a thousand pieces in Chicago. There was one thing I read just on like the IMDb forums, and I'm trying to look it up now to see if there's actually, oh yeah, there's one from The Guardian. But um, Michael Bay actually uh, has a quote saying uh, that Revenge of the Fallen was ruined by the writer's strike because it Oh, come on. Wait wait a minute. Who wrote it? Who's credited as writing it? What do you mean? Michael Bay is one of the fucking writers, isn't he? Maybe, but like he was saying like the writer's strike was like impending at that time. So he's just trying to like pound out a script like before they all went on strike. 
Kurtzman and Orsi are the writers. Michael Bay has a story credit, I think. But still, no excuse. Like, no, I mean, saying that, like, oh, the writer's strike caused this to be a bad movie. And it's like, no, it didn't. This was, <laughs> this was almost predestined to Which, be a bad movie. Which, how does he explain? How does he explain the first one then? Yeah, because that was the writer's strike was not happening at that point in time, and it sucked too. I. Guess he didn't think it actually sucked. But wasn't that writer's strike back in like late two? Wasn't it in like two th- late two thousand seven or in two thousand eight or something? Because this movie came out in two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so I he's mean, blaming it, and, the, and that strike lasted like four months. That was it. So, yeah, but I don't while know. they were trying to you know pre production the movie and the scripts and whatnot, they were putting it together. Then the script that is, and I mean, it would make sense like as far as that timeline goes. Like it's plausible. Like it's probably bullshit on his part making excuses, but. I just was looking through IMDb while watching this movie, bored his balls, and saw somebody post a little forum thing saying, like, oh, Michael Bay actually thought the movie was crap himself because of the writers. Well, that's not true. No. Sucks. I got a whole page of notebook paper here to prove it. (laughs) It sucks. You should bill him for that. Bill him, like, half of a cent Yeah, for the paper. So you want to check. And the ink. Oh, the ink. You're right. Wow. No, I'm I'm good. Can bill him for our time talking about this movie. No, no, I'm I'm gonna bill Warner Brothers for giving me depression. I have to seek therapy after seeing Batman versus Superman now. That's yeah, I'm gonna skip my, that one. My current legal fight. You probably should. Does that count as sci-fi? Uh, I think Superman's kind of science fiction. Batman probably not so much. But well, he goes all sci-fi in this movie. He gets like the powered suit and everything, and then they have a space alien that they create from Lex Luthor's DNA. And yeah, I, I guess anybody who's listening, spoilers, but yeah, pretty much blows Just put balls. That on my show notes like minor. Yeah, Lex but, um, Luthor. I don't know. Superhero movies, Zuckerberg, seem like yeah. You could say oh, because they're an alien, or because they have superpowers, which is. Science fiction-y, or like, you know, it's advanced technology. It's, eh, yeah, kind of, sort of. You could say fucking Marvel Universe is like Aliens, because kind of is. All the comic book movies, uh, that's why I ask, because I tend to view those things, even if they have sci-fi elements, as being more fantasy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say there's some peripheral sci-fi elements. Some of it is more prevalent than others. Like, I'd say Ant-Man is more of a science fiction movie than Thor, despite Thor being about aliens. Right, like, in Guardians of the Galaxy is a sci-fi movie. I will acknowledge yes. that. It is just set in the Marvel fantasy universe. Yeah. And they, they heavily borrow from sci-fi traditions. So I get that, but most of them I just see, like, it's, it's fantasy stuff. Like, Spider-Man's yeah. not sci-fi. No, no. Despite I mean, the science within that is, you know, BS, but... <laughs> Look, the Marvel writers were, every, all the comic writers were fucking huffing paint in the 1960s. Like, oh, who's, who's going to be the Flash's arch nemesis? Uh, the reverse Flash. Great. Good. We got the deadline. We got more paint. <laughs> uh, I actually saw bits and pieces of um, Superman 3 on Easter last week. Because <laughs> it was just on the TV at my, uh, my aunt's place. Nice. So I got to see that one scene with... Um, Peter Parker walking down the street all emo and dancing. Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3. 3. Is that Spider-Man 3? You said Superman, Superman 3. Oh, I meant to say Spider-Man. Superman 3 is the inspiration for um, Office Space. Um, 
Is that the one where like they had those weird guys with the glass and whatnot get trapped in the glass at the end? That's the first and second so that was one. The first one. Okay. That's General Zod. No, the third yeah. one is Richard Pryor works for the bank or whatever and comes up with the program to steal the pennies. Oh yeah. And shows up to work the next day like in the red Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. Well, Superman three is funny because he like splits into his oh, the yes. Kirk thing. He does like the good and and evil selves, and they have to fight each other in the junkyard. Doesn't the bad yeah. Superman go around like straightening the Leaning Tower of Pisa and stuff? Yeah, oh, and he like goes into <laughs> he's like in a bar like with his five o'clock shadow like shooting peanuts at people and stuff <laughs> and getting drunk. <laughs> and he, he smashes like he breaks all the world's monuments and I'm like good Superman like somehow uses his magic brick duplication powers at the end to repair the Great Wall of China <laughs> and all the fat American tourists are like thanks Superman when in reality it's probably like hundreds of thousands of Chinese tourists that typically go to the wall probably I, yeah I just you know people conveniently gather in the spot where Superman's using his brick duplication powers but Oh, that's Golden Age Superman. Like he relights stars by sneezing at them. Uses his super math abilities to do math really fast. I think that's the huffing paint Superman that you were talking about. Oh yeah, about yeah, earlier. definitely. That's why they call it the Golden Age. Oh. Golden spray paint's got the highest aerosol to paint ratio. Not chrome. No, not chrome glory. Well, sorry. Hey, go- Golden Age. <laughs> golden Age. He's talking like forties and fifties. I, I know so what he's like, talking about. It's like but... they've got the really good stuff to huff with the lead and all that stuff in it too. <laughs> yeah, chrome glory and Valhalla. They weren't quite there yet. <laughs> Although I'm sure if you walk around the office, they don't have like the spray paint face. <laughs> They're typewriters. <laughs> That's how I explain this. That's how I explain Zack Snyder too. Fuck him. So I was saying to Grant yesterday, he and J.J. Abrams should be trapped in a room like in Saw and like with razor blades and chained to the wall and only one of them gets out. I think that's fair. That's, that's more <laughs> than yeah, fair. Honestly. <laughs> I mean, in... Reality, I'd rather neither of them get out. Yes, but I, if, you know, I have to respect the better man would win in that scenario. There has to be an element of sport to it, Justin. Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm going to forgive Michael Bay. I'm going to leave him out of that because you know what you're getting. He's he's irredeemable. But it's just that Michael <laughs> Bay, he has never gone to the mat saying, like, no, this movie's serious and philosophical, which was J.J. Abrams' defense of Star Trek Into Darkness, and it was... Uh, Zack Snyder's defense of Batman v Superman, like, oh, the critics who are giving it the 2% of Rotten Tomatoes just don't get it. So, no, they get it. <laughs> and it was you J- don't get it. <laughs> yeah, and it was JJ's defense of Force Awakens. Oh, yeah. yeah. People just don't know what they like. This is a great movie. Yeah, we talked about that before. We did. <laughs> I'm seeing, I foresee many future episodes with you know, arguments about The Force Awakens as the, you know, the new special versions get released on Blu-ray and stuff over the next years. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just think Disney's probably going to milk this with not really highbrow <laughs> anything on it. Like, they're just going to ride this coaster to the fucking... Well, I'm not going to have, like, any deep, like, Questions. It's just going to be like good, evil, lightsabers. Are blah, blah, blah. But I mean, like, the original Star Wars wasn't really like full of deep questions. It was just George Lucas watched a lot of samurai movies and shit. Just the, the way you do it is so much more important than like the questions you're asking. Yeah, I guess. Like the good Star Trek movies really don't ask any deep questions per se. They just present them in a serious manner. 
You know, like that's I think that's the reason why like Marvel films do better than like these DC films because they try to have like these serious conflicts, but they also acknowledge that they are stories about genius billionaire playboys with flying armor suits and a guy from the 1940s who was frozen in the ice after battling a Nazi who was a Red Skull. Like, it's fucking retarded. So you just take one big step back and then you're good. Yeah. You yeah, just well, can't, like, be balls deep all the time in there. Like, <laughs> and, and then Wonder Woman shows up and she's got a sword and Batman's like, I thought she was with you. And Superman's like, I thought she was with you. And then they, they fight Doomsday. And it's like he's shooting laser beams out of his eyes because he's Lex Luthor's DNA dropped into Kryptonian goo from General Zod's body. And he makes <laughs> disco noises, too. And, hey, it's Aquaman in the water. Look, kids, Aquaman. Yay. And the whole time the movie's taking itself so seriously. Yes. And it's like, you know, depression for two hours. Yes. That's what always bugs me about, like, <laughs> the DC movies. It's like they always feel like they're trying to be serious. At least this DC universe they're trying to do now. It's because they can't get out from under the shadow of Frank Miller is, is the real thing. Because before Frank Miller did The Dark Knight Returns, Batman was a fucking joke. Okay, like they yeah. literally, there's comics of him and Robin would like sleep in the same bed and they'd wake <laughs> up and like shake their hands with like, you know, yeah, like morning homosexual <laughs> overtones and stuff. And like, and you know, like the Adam West series, like that was Batman until like the mid 80s. And then he became like as gr- grim as hell, which culminated in the 1989 movie, which was like scary, freak, dumb, like duel of the freak stuff. And it's been that way ever since. Just a variation of that. Anyway, I think the best Batman was the animated series Batman, but that's Yes. Yeah. But I I just wanna make it clear that Batman fucking like I am's Wonder Woman. Yeah. He <laughs> Yeah, sends an email apparently I haven't seen yes. it, but apparently. He yeah. like gets in touch with her via the internet. I guess Wonder Woman uses the internet to do all of her research and is like, Hey, I found all these meta humans, like what's up with this? Apparently they have internet on like that aisle. Femascara, you... yeah. 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 She's got 4G LTE. Advanced 4G LTE. Yes. I, I, when I, I wanted to smash my computer screen when I read that information in the plot summary because I didn't understand it when I saw the movie because I was like, what is Batman doing? <laughs> He's, he, what? He's emailing somebody? Batman doesn't fucking email people. He shows up like next to them and is like, I have some information for you. Yeah. Hey, That's... Wonder Woman at superheroes.com. No, like when I think of Batman, I think of like the guy like, where are you? And he's like, here. And it just yeah. comes out of nowhere. <laughs> Batman sends you an IM like, hey, sup, LOL. Listen, I found all this information. And Wonder Woman, who's apparently a, a society fixture who shows up to all these parties and is fabulously wealthy and hangs out with Bruce Wayne repeatedly while he's being Bruce Wayne. And then at the end of the movie, when it's obviously her and her armor, he's like, who are you? I, I I don't know. Put Clark Kent's glasses on. Whoa, who are you? <laughs> I will say though, in in small defense of that, that the one thing that that movie does right that the other Batman movies have not done is that they do have him doing lots of detective work because Batman's supposed to be a detective. Like I, he doesn't do any of that in the other Batman movies, or really, yeah. he only does that in the animated series. Really, is the only other place he does it in the Dark Knight to do the bullet ballistics. But that's just like. 30 seconds but of the he movie. But like, he, he does do detective work. Right, but he spends like way too much time in this movie doing detective work, but at least he's doing detective work. <laughs> he does detective work for the purpose of murdering people. Yeah. <laughs> he drives to Lex Luthor's like ship full of kryptonite cargo and fucking kills all of his goons, and Superman's like, wow, 
stop being Batman. Next time, yeah. turn off the light. Don't the, come. The bat is dead. This is mercy. <laughs> and then Batman's like, okay. And then they fight for five minutes, and then Superman's like, hey, my mom's name is Martha. And Batman's like, why would you say that name? My mom's name is Martha. Let's be best friends. And they do like the wake up in the same bed and shake hands thing, and now they're cool. Oh, that's what that was. I, didn't, I saw that <laughs> online. I'm like... Why are people making memes of that shit? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, it's like, just like, why you say that name? And Lois Lane's like, his mom's name is Martha. And he goes like, whoa, my, whoa, he kidnapped your mom. Wow. Oh. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z, like, he kidnapped your mother. Oh, 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 oh. And his eyes are pulsing. And then they fight and kill him. And Lex Luthor is like pretending to be the Joker the whole time. And I want to smash Mark Zuckerberg's face into a brick. <laughs> oh. But you know what you have to look forward to? The next five movies? Ben Affleck's solo Batman film with Catwoman. I didn't think the Batman shit was bad. Ben Affleck was kind of entertaining as Batman. but Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, if you just set aside he's killing people, like, he's not, he's quote-unquote Batman. Like, he is the Dark Knight Returns Batman yeah. who is old and doesn't fucking care right. anymore. Yeah. He's like, uh, you know what? Trying to, like, knock guys out is not, is just, it's too much work. I'm not going to, you know, shoot them in the head with a gun, but if I break their spine and they bleed out everywhere, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the only thing he really had going for him is that it was essentially a blank slate because nobody's ever played the old, grim, like, yeah. angry old man Batman. So, yeah, the solo Ben Affleck movies, I'm thinking that's probably going to be more entertaining because it's not going to be weighed down with Superman, who they're setting up for, like, the Injustice arc where he's the bad guy. Maybe they are, but they'll do it poorly. Oh, he's going to be the good guy again because Lois Lane's going to be like, "Let's, you should be good." And you know they're living together because like he's having trouble finding an apartment or something. You know, just oh, yeah. So as much as we like to ask questions about Michael Bay's Transformers, at least he's not Zack Snyder. I can I can say that if Zack Snyder had directed Transformers, I don't even know what we would have gotten like a five hour. He's homage. got one good movie. 300? 300. Yeah, 300. That's it. But like every other movie he's done, he like... The cut of Watchmen was okay. Hmm. Like in the theaters, it actually... I didn't like it, but then I watched the director's cut and it actually was better. <laughs> you were so disappointed in the theater. Yeah, I know. I, I sat right next to you. <laughs> I was so disappointed in the theaters. I just remember like... If I didn't cry visibly, I was crying on the inside. Like, you were so disappointed when the... Perhaps the we should the dogs. The dogs. Rorschach and the dogs? can't remember which like he goes to kill the pedophile guy yeah and i was like oh it's the dog's part and you were like oh yeah and then it happened you were like oh you visibly wilted like a plant did he like blow the dog up or something or like i think he he crushed the dog's skull in the comic book just ripped them apart yeah he he shredded (laughs) them (laughs) yeah and then like in the movie it's just like barking like yeah just like woof 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 yeah yeah and you were just like, oh. We'll re- we'll, we should we should review that sometime. Let's let's like, do that after uh, compare Watchmen the movie to the the graphic novel. Let's, let's do yeah. that after Transformers: uh, Revenge of the Dinosaurs because sure. that, that'll that'll be a good palate cleanser. Yeah, we got to review the, cut, the director's cut. Yeah, I mean, I it has say. like the whole uh, the sh- the sailor pirate comic. pirate comic in the middle of the movie cut with it. Yeah, that the black kid's reading all the time yeah. by the newsstand. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's, that's part of the graphic novel, though, so... Yeah, and it actually runs parallel to the story. And yeah. See, like, that's the stuff I like that was in the director's cut, but yeah, we can do that. Yeah, so next week is Transformers Dark of the Moon, which 
I will say now, was one of the trailers I saw in the theater. I posted oh, before on the yeah. podcast. My and God. It's just like, hey, Apollo, you know, 15 or whatever, one of the jerk off moon missions, like, all right, Dark Side's coming up in 10 seconds. And it's like, oh, cool. Maybe it's like an alien movie. And then they get into this, like, this big spaceship and they're like, what's going on? We got to hurry. We're going to be back in radio contact soon. Get it, get it, get it. And the astronauts are grabbing shit. And then it's like, oh, alien stuff. Cool. Independence Day, too. What's going on here? Big letter flies behind the screen. It's a giant T. All right, could be a lot of things. An R, an A, and then like from Michael Bay is in there, and it's like fuck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what well, isn't it like? I remember that too, and you think it's going to be a sci-fi, like a different kind of sci-fi yeah. movie, and then like you see like the fucking silhouette of the robot or something on the like on the screen, like Ooh, and then it's like the fucking letters are transforming, and you're like, oh, and just like, like so disappointed. The robot is questionable, but when the letters start transforming with the signature noise, then it's like you know, it's like, and oh, it's just like, yeah, fuck. Like, I remember, so close. <laughs> I remember thinking, just like hoping when the like the the shadow robot was on the screen that it was like a live action version of the Iron Giant or something. But it's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> it was like my reaction to the secret life of Walter Mitty. Just don't oh, know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, 6,000 listeners. Thanks for spending an hour and 15 minutes of your time hearing about Michael Bay. And we'll be back next week.